This is The Ultimate Mind with Dr. Alok Trivedi, aka Dr. Rewire. Are you ready to unlock the full potential of your health, your wealth, and your relationships? Welcome to The Ultimate Mind, where we dive deep into the world of biohacking, metabolic health, functional well-being, and the money mindset. Each week, you're going to be hearing from enlightened conversations with thought leaders that'll give you the insights, the strategies to help you reshape your life, achieve your dreams, and of course, unlock the ultimate potential of your mind connect with us on the social in the links below today i've got a unique special guest for you guys this guy has been around the business for 35 years he's building building growing helping people and creating leaders for the last 35 years he's got a 501c3 nonprofit organization in building blocks to make family whole again he's won the people's choice award in 2019 for christian literacy awards his book excuse me he is a public speaker a leadership trainer but what i love about him is that he's continuing to do what he's doing at the age of 67 he's building and he's growing and he's continuing on the path to make a difference in the world craig thanks for joining me i appreciate you being here thank you doctor glad to be here Craig, tell us like let's just dive in into this interview because i you know i love learning from people who are older than i am and i say that with respect because you've gone through the business journey ups and downs highs and lows what it takes to grow what it takes to stay to where you're at and then how do you build beyond that Kind of tell us like what's been the journey over 35 years, the ups, the downs, how do you navigate them? And how did you figure out to process the ups and how did you figure out to process the downs? Well, a uh, good friend of mine, he's now passed, asked me one of those same questions many years ago. And he said, plateaus are necessary so you can assimilate your climb. That was powerful because as I look back at my own leadership journey, Dr., I've really done it in phases. I think that's why I'm enjoying your book so much right now. I hit a certain level that I, maybe I thought I never would have gotten to as a kid, say 30 years old, and I plateaued there because that's kind of what I thought was the ultimate. Then I like, whoa, there's more than that. Yeah. There's bigger goals. There's bigger mountains to climb. And so I then found a new goal and went to another new level. So if I could go back, I would have made it more of a continuous <laughs> growing journey. But uh, but no, I've learned a lot from that. And that was one of the big things. But you're right. As far as right now, I'm hungry to go to a new level. And I am going to a new level. And that's exciting. It's There's energy in that big time. And so even, where, at my, even at my age. <laughs> yeah. So where does that come from? Right. Where, what's the new drive? What's the new electricity? Like, because, you know, I've talked to people. And they hit these levels. It's like, ah, I don't know what I want to do for a few years. And then now kind of the juice comes back in, right? So what's right. the new new factor that's making you say, hey, look, I want to get back into it again? Well, it was a uh, certain phase of life. I lost my mom and dad about 16 months ago. And it hit me harder, to be honest with you, than I thought it would. I mean, I knew I was going to grieve. Sure. But during that process, I think I got in a, almost, you could just say, a depression. Yeah. And in just processing that grief. And learning through that grief and growing through that grief, my wife uh, made a statement to me saying, hey, uh, your mom was your biggest cheerleader and she would want you to go on and you haven't achieved your goal. And that just grabbed my heart big time and it kind of gave me just uh, a spark. And then I, in practical terms, doctor, I watched the HBO documentary of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. So I love your city. <laughs> I took my oldest son to go watch his last game up there when they were playing the yep. jazz. Well, about that time, they were talking about the three-peat. And I've won two championships here 
in the business, different year, not, not back to back, but yeah. I, let's do it one more time. So there's like a vision and a spark. Let's do a three-peat. And so that's why I'm pumped about building one more championship team. I love that. I love the idea behind that, just to to want to do that. And what I love about it, for those who are listening and understanding what Craig just said, as we've built on this podcast, and we've talked about this and the teachings and learnings of that as well, is that there's a reason, right? There's an emotional connection that's driving him, that's pushing him to the next level and pushing him to want to do that, right? Once you get to a point of success, I was telling my son this just this past weekend, Craig, uh, we were at a soccer tournament. And he was telling, and, I, and I'm a Kobe fan. I, I do live in Chicago. I am a Jordan fan, but I am truly a Kobe fan. And my son is as well. And we were talking about Kobe, how the uh, there was an all-star game. And in the all-star game, Dwayne Wade accidentally breaks Kobe Bryant's nose. And he calls him up and he says, to Kobe, he goes, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to break your nose. I didn't mean to do that. And Kobe's like, no, thank you. Thank you. And then he goes, I'll see you in three days because they were playing Miami in three days. And he dropped 45 on them, I think, something like that, that <laughs> three days later. And he goes, I never forgot it. He goes, he needed that. And it's kind of one of those things. I was telling my son this. It's kind of like when you get to this point in the, in the journey, it's like you have money, you have the things that you want, the toys that you want to accomplish, but then you have to have meaning. And then sometimes you have to create your own meaning to be able to go drive to that next level. What do you think about that, Craig? Is that kind of similar to where you're at now? I totally agree. It's got to be, there's got to be a connection to the yeah. heart or there's, there's not going to be the drive. I completely agree with that. So, Tell us a little bit this five the the five hundred one c three and what you've built and and what you're doing as an organization. I'd love to hear the the philanthropic stuff that you're doing as well. Okay, be, that'd be great. The name of the nonprofit is Blended Together Forever. Back in 1998, we were blending a family. My wife, when I met her, she had four boys from her previous relationship. I had a boy and a girl, and we have one between us now. So we were trying to blend two families basically into one. And there wasn't a whole lot of books and resources and organizations that were really reaching out to try to help blended families. So we felt like there's this huge market and there's this huge need. And so I thought, well, I've learned how to build why don't we just take the same skill set and just apply it in a nonprofit world? And yes, the book that uh, we wrote, I'm grateful that it's been got some people's choice awards and some accolades. So it's just a way for us to give back. And we love teaching our material. We love mentoring other couples. We've got videos popping left and right. We're increasing our social media pro- just to try to reach out, just to try to yeah. get to the end user to where hey, you're not alone. This is our journey. This is what we've helped. And it's been fun. It's been great. I think that's amazing. I think it's really real, right? One of the things that I think is so important in today's world is that success success leaves clues. We know that, but success also has to give back. And I think that it's really hard. I, I don't know about you, but I just kind of watch this world. And sometimes I I look and say, you know, I, I don't feel like we do that as often, as much as maybe we we should. I don't want to use that language, but I think inside of, instead of really giving back, what we do is we we resist and we kind of think about ourselves. And it seems like you've lived in this, this path to be able to want to give back. And I think that's amazing inside that. So let's talk about leadership, if that's all right with you. How did you develop as a leader? What was your, did you do any training specifically? Did you, or was it just life experiences, leadership in, in your team? How did you become the leader that you are today? Both. It was definitely life experiences, but there were there were events along the journey. Uh, the first one that really, really impacted me was many, many, many years ago, 
John Maxwell was teaching his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Sure. And and being very objective and non-emotional with my own evaluation, there were a couple of areas that I thought, man, I am just not good here at all. And that spurred me on to take a very proactive decision-making habit to create and develop versus just kind of winging it or just going to a conference and you get motivated. Yeah, that's great. And you learn something, but it's not enough. It's It's got to become a day-to-day habit and process. That's why I've enjoyed so much your book, Wired for Wealth. I'm learning things about me. I told Alex, <laughs> I said, I want to learn for me. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for me first before. So yeah, I'm always looking for ways. How can I get better? Because I'm a hundred percent responsible for my growth. Nobody else is I'm responsible for it. So what I was saying is I was speaking on a stage with um, John Maxwell a couple of years back and we were sharing the stage and just listening to him, you know, he, at that time he was 76 years old, something like that. And the wisdom he has and how he just laid it out. So simple, so clean. I asked him a question. I said, so John, what's the one thing that you think is the most important thing about leadership? What do you think he said it was? Well, it's influence, of course. That's the first thing he was going to say. Actually, what it would, he said he said it in a different way. He didn't say influence. He said, keep growing. Correct. Exactly. He said, keep growing. So, which in turn leads to influence, right? The effect of that is influence. But like, but for what he was saying is that keep growing because you never stop learning. And I think that's, right. the, that's the truth behind it. But when you build your organization, I mean, in the company you're in and kind of what you do, I mean, it's, it's a huge psychological battle. It really is a psychological battle with what you do. How did you get people to create influence? How did you create influence with people to want them to do things, to make them do things that maybe are uncomfortable, to make them really challenge themselves to see what their greater potential could be? How did you figure out a way to do that for you? Well, step one is to develop strong personal relationships. It had mm-hmm. to be based upon trust. And if if there was a relationship based on trust, then they know, even though I may be asking them to do things that were uncomfortable, they believed and followed because they knew I had their best interest at heart. So that would be one. And I think another big component is to properly assess who you're leading because some are introverts, some are extroverts, some have this personality type, somebody else has a different person. They're going to respond differently. So it's not just a cookie cutter thing. It's it's on an individual basis. Yeah, I think that's important, right? You take each person as a unique story inside that. Is there a story that you had of uh, someone in your in your experience that you thought, man, if I could get through to this kid or this person, their life would totally change and you were able to get through them? Yes, it's happening right now. Is it really? (laughs) It's a guy that I met seven years ago. And when I first met him, he was totally in love with his current job. He thought he was going to be the CEO of the company. And I saw such leadership potential in him. For for two years, all we did was really just develop a strong relationship. And then one day he called me. And uh, I'm so proud of him right now. I mean, it's just, it's fun to see and we get to work together. So we're going to build that uh, Chicago Bulls 1990s team, Dr. One more time. Okay, I'll go with Kobe, but I'm just telling you, I'm pumped. We're excited about what we're doing. I love it. Kobe did his 3P too. I know it. I know. Kobe got his 3P. Exactly. That's true. (laughs) We got his 3P. But so we're talking about like, He's like Kobe versus Jordan. He's like, Dad, what, what are the stats? I'm like, look, Jordan did three beats back to back. He's right. like, is that hard? I said, that's insane. Yeah, like, that's, that's just 
crazy yeah. inside that. It's uh, it's there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle, obviously, which they've documented. And, and but Jordan is so great on his on his caliber as well. When you look at building at at the age that you're looking at, you you've got the fire in you, you've got the burn in your belly. How do you get a 25 year old kid, right? And I say kid with respect, right. I know who who's trying to figure it out to listen to the wisdom when they're, they're, we used to call it, my dad used to call it just the, the fire in their belly, but it's just about moving and it's, it's not balanced. It's not grounded. It's just go, go, go. How do you neutralize it? How do you get them to sit and say, Hey, look, I gotta, I gotta manage these three components. Cause in my training, in my experience and with your world and, and any company in a sales organization, there's always three parts There's recruiting retention and rejection. I call it the three R's, right? How do you manage the three R's for people? It's difficult. I think part of it is just the world we live in, doctor, right now. The the people that are 25 are not the same 25-year-old kid that I was when I was 25. Mm-hmm. And that has changed so much. And uh, so it's a little bit of a, a dance to connect because it's a little harder. They have a shorter attention span. They grew up with technology and they're, you know, tossed to and fro. And it's, I think focus is, is a, at least a challenge. Let's call it a challenge. Yeah. But I think once I could get them to focus and be coachable, then that's the biggest part of the battle. They're ready to receive, but getting them focused and getting them coachable is probably two things that come to mind that are at least a challenge. I think it's important, right? Like in, in my world, we use values. We use an individual's sure. values and we link their values and we neurologically put that together for people, right? And I think that, and it really is a dynamic dynamic change. When people want to build something, they'll go out and do whatever they have to do. It's getting them to figure that out for themselves. Right, that's correct. To get them to do that. So where when your journey, before this world of this business, did you do anything else before that? Or did you just come into this and say, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm headed? No, I did uh Three years with a company called NCR, National mm-hmm. Cash Register Corporation. I was an account manager with them and uh, before transitioning here. Into this world. Yeah, correct. Into this world. And have you found in your journey as a business person, entrepreneur, like that you've, have you ever wavered? This is a really important question. Have you ever wavered from the journey for yourself? Go a little deeper, wavered, and give me an example of what you're referring to. I guess when you're in it, right? Like sometimes it's tough, sometimes it's challenging, sometimes it's boring, right? When you've hit the accolades, sometimes it gets boring as well. Like, do I want to strive to myself to the next level? Have you ever said and said, okay, I'm done. I don't need to push any further. Yeah, more than once or twice. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. And so like that, 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 the reason I'm asking that is because I say it this way, the way I teach it is that, right? Emotions are valuable because when you're in the state of necessity, you have to go do something. Right. But then when you get choice, you now have the choice of complacency at the same token as well, right? Right. That's a good point. Exactly. And so like I look at it and I and I think of it for people where it's like, unless they're inspired, truly inspired, which I think you are, I think it sounds to me you're you're really inspired about leadership and making a difference in people's lives. I am. Yeah, that's really what it is. And and I think you would have been successful in any vehicle that did that. Right. I feel so. That's exactly right. Yeah. I feel you'd be successful in anything that did that. You found your home in this space. Um, but if you did something else, else, you'd find you'd find it in that as well. But a lot of times when we get to that point where we're just like, oh, look, I can do anything I, I really want to ultimately want to. Then it's like, oh, do I really want to struggle and strive? I have a friend of mine right now. Mm-hmm. He's building a tech company 
And um, he's he's struggling because it's going to take him a long time. And, and he's already done it. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the... And him and I were having a chat this morning. He's like, why do... Loki goes, tell me, why should I continue going on? What's my need to? I was like, that's such a good question. It is. It's a great question. And so when that came up for you, other than this time right now, in building the 3P, like how did you navigate it in the past for yourself? Well, in the past, it was to find that new mountain that you... Or we call it a why. Why do you do what you do? What what is it that's driving you? And the reason I've wavered is because you lose that why at times. You sure. get disillusioned, or like in my case, I hit a certain income mark that I never thought I'd be at. So I got comfortable and quit striving and quit growing. And then I had to look in my mirror and say, gosh, just like your friend is doing the tech company, I don't have to do this for money. Do I really want to go through the pain and the struggle? Mm -hmm. And those are questions that you have to wrestle with. And many of them are alone. You have to go within yourself and decide, do how bad do I want it? And I had to do that same thing. I just got to this chapter in my life and said, I want it and I want it bad and I want it now. Let's make it happen. Let's clear the count. It's only for a period. It's not forever. Yeah. I think life is more of a series of sprints. Yeah. And I bought the line of it's a marathon. And that just, no, that's a drudger. I like the comments that you make in your book regarding wealth and the mindset. Well, I tend to feel like during this season, let's sprint. And then this season's going to come to an end. And I yeah. might be doing lots of traveling with my wife in that next season. I think that's very accurate. One of my old mentors used to say that too. He's like, life is just every, he goes, you sprint month to month, and then you take yourself a little break. Yeah. Every month you sprint for 30 days, 28 days. He said, you go sprint. And then four days, give yourself a break. Sprint for 28 days, give yourself a break. That's kind of the path that he, he put me on. It led, it led to a lot of success in my, in my life of that, that career of mine. Craig, I, I love this conversation. And you know, I, I want to ask you one final question. Like, If you can leave the listeners one thing that makes them remember Craig, Craig Morgan differently, what makes you unique in the way that you do things, in your opinion, of course? I didn't know I was going to get a loaded question at the end. <laughs> Man, one thing that makes, I believe I'm supposed to play a role in this world to make a difference that only Craig Morgan can play. And I don't mean that arrogantly at all. I just feel no. like there's a purpose and I'm still growing in that. Yeah. But I just feel it's bigger than success. It's bigger than money. It's bigger than the vacations. It's, it's just, there's a deep, deep meaning. And I'm on that journey. I think that's one of the things that I found from every billionaire I've ever talked to, every multimillionaire, hundred millionaire, like a lot of my clients have nine figure companies and that, and they all will say the same thing. They all feel like they're here. They're destined to play that game at that level. Yeah. I think that's a very fair answer. Um, Craig, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy and thank you for your time, your energy, and, and just being here and being part of this. I appreciate your, your openness and vulnerability as well to help the listeners understand a little bit more who you are and kind of the aspects of leadership that make you unique. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's been great, doctor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ultimate Mind Podcast. Your support means the world to us. If you found value in today's conversation, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Ready to go deeper? Download the UltiMind app and try it for seven days free and learn to rewire your brain every single day to take charge of your mind and live the ultimate life.